Today, we're picking up where we left off in last week's episode. We're talking about leveraging rural healthcare partnerships as we hear the story of a recent rural health partnership that stands out as unique from traditional health systems. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm JJ Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to part two of episode 140 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Chief Communications Officer. So as we've just alluded to, this is part two um, of an episode that's been very, very informative uh, so far. And we're going to really dive in a little bit deeper into this issue and and deeper into the weeds here. Um, It's been great uh, to have our guest with us today and uh, co-CEOs of Aspire Rural Healthcare and uh, if you didn't hear part one, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go through all the introductions. We talk about, you know, what what the purpose was in creating this um, uh, affiliation between the two of them and that's created this new health system. Um, but we are, again, delighted to have uh, both Andy and Angie back in the studio today. So jumping right back in here, um, and this question is really for both of you. Tell us more about the system Um and how you're kind of redefining what health systems can look like. Because we think of health systems and there's usually, it usually starts with one big hospital in an urban community. And then they start slowly reaching out and plucking up a little smaller one and another smaller one until they get out and start plucking up some of the rural ones that are teeny tiny, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where we get that term, the mothership from. Because a lot of times it starts with a very concentrated area of control and then the control from the small hospitals gets stripped, essentially, and it all now goes to a team of people who may have no concept of some of these communities that they're making decisions for. Um, But what you guys are doing is very different. Um, So what is the legal relationship now between UHP and Hills and Dales? What does that look like officially? And why did you guys set it up that way in particular? Yeah, so being the nurse, I'm going to let the attorney talk about the legal Super. Oh, yeah, did you mention that before, that you're uh, also an I attorney? Did, I did not. I don't think he did. I did not. You to preserve uh, that. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the, the, the one thing that we did do that's a little unique, I think, is that we went all in. So in mm-hmm. a lot of these deals, there's like an escape clause, and we decided we didn't really want an escape clause. Hmm. And so there is really just now one board there is one legal entity hmm. that um, controls all the other entities that were there uh, we did it through something called a member substitution which is just a fancy way of saying that uh, there's one board and that board mm-hmm. is now in control so we mm-hmm. took uh, members from the hills and dales board we took members from really what was the united Healthcare partners board um, which was really a combination of board members from deckerville and marlette hmm kind of rework that into a new 11-member board, and that is the board. So that mm-hmm. is the governing authority over all the hospitals and all the entities within the system. So individually, no committees uh, that represent those res- respective places. It's just we're recognized as one. We are recognized as one. we want to be seen mm-hmm. in that capacity. We, we have um, been trying to uh, definitely push the theme of we sink or swim together. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. isn't about uh, Deckerville. It isn't about Marlette, it's yeah. not about hills and dales, it's about us together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, as our board is looking at it, um, you know, we are Aspire. We're Aspire Rural Health System now. We're not those three entities. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the healthiest way to look at it because then you're, you are all in. You're all in. Right. You're all There's in. no out clause. There's right. no out. Yeah, that's right. remarkable. Well, I was going to ask you why it's set up that way, but I think you kind of answered the question, right? It's so that you have to be all in. It's that, you know, burn the boats theory, right? Yep. Is you have to get in and make it work. 
we we actually sat when we sat with outside counsel, and they're like, "Well, do you want any? Uh, do you want an out clause in here?" And we were like, "No, we don't. We don't want an out clause in Interesting. here." Interesting. Was go, your outside counsel confused by that answer? Or? A little bit, probably. But, yeah. but you know, attorneys. You, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Same, yeah. Same right. more. That's right. Well, uh, that's that's remarkable, and and obviously, uh, I I would assume maybe I'm wrong that there was some dynamics that each of you had to play in talking to your boards about who was going to be selected for. The, this this joint board or was that pretty much do what you did? Like, I don't want to be the CEO. We, we let them do it. We let them do so it. So we let the board, We once they agreed yeah. as part of the process on the size of the board and how many members would come from each previous board, yeah. we let them do it. That's great. Mm. And so they so self-selected. So they kind of nominated their That's own incredible. group they from did. within they to move on to the. It's a That's great process. Cool. Yeah. So now you have the benefit of you have the relationship of you are now one entity, but you still have local control because your board has representatives from all three of these communities on it, which is what's so different from Mm -hmm. what you tend to see with with systemized, quote unquote, healthcare. And ironically, as I I mentioned at episode one, it was almost that way anyway. So when the boards Mm -hmm. got together, they realized like, well, hey, I'm from Cass City and hey, we worked over here and and I live live down here in Marlette too. I just happen to be on this board. And so to give people a sense, what's kind of the geographic radius that encompasses, they're, they're all about what, 40 minutes apart? Say it. Yes, I would say. 50-mile circle? Yeah, 50-mile circle. Okay. So pretty close enough together that those kind of relationships are going to be natural, which probably made it a lot easier than it would have been if you were in, you know, much more distance between your facilities. And one of those, a skilled nursing facility, you said? Yeah, so Marlette has a skilled nursing facility attached, um, but... So it's attached to the actual hospital? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there's an assisted living facility that is... as well. So that's the third sort of member of UHP. The skilled nursing facility was really part of the hospital there. And so we actually have two of them now because under the Hills and Dales, we had the Heartland, or not the Heartland, Mm -hmm. sorry. Northwood Meadows. Yeah, Northwood Meadows. um, Mm -hmm. And that was a skilled? It's not a skilled. It's actually an assisted living memory care. Is that right? Oh, memory care. Now we have two of those within the system. Yeah. And that's all as part of the system. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a a question that I'm sure our listeners are begging to ask. What is the benefit uh, of accomplishing things that maybe you couldn't have as a small, independent, rural hospital that now you get to do as a big system? I mean, what's – why? What's the benefit? So I think one of the the big things that um, with the big systems coming in is they pull services out. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our big goals with this is to keep those services here. So as a system, we can now hire specialists that we couldn't have before. Good we point. can have service lines that cover a larger geographical area yeah. that we can now support. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that, mm-hmm. um, making sure we can take care of our patients Right where they're at, we're right. we're capable of doing that. But maybe before we couldn't afford to have that orthopedic surgeon or mm-hmm. whatever may be there full time. Mm-hmm. We have the the patients, um, but instead of leaving the area and yeah. going to the big systems, now they can have it done right here. Yeah, right. and and so let me ask: It's been a month. Uh, have you been successful in trying to recruit? Uh, for specialty? Has that been, you obviously have more of an advantage now because you can say we can offer a 1.0 FTE versus trying to go out and find a 0.25. Has that been, have you found that to be successful so far? It has been. Good. Um, You know, we had some specialists that might have been a a day or two a week that now we can support full time. Great. Mm. um, Because we have a a broader either geographical area, we have more locations, um, we have more OR space, Mm -hmm. uh, more OR times. 
our primary care is expanded over yeah. a larger area. So mm-hmm. when you can get your primary care coverage um, across that geographical area and you can refer your patients back to your system, mm-hmm. that's really huge. So what has been the biggest uh, pickup in your mind, so Andy? I was just going to say we, we've already seen it. So at, at one campus, uh, the Hills and Dales campus one day was was full. We had We couldn't take any more patients and we've already been able to transfer three patients to the Marlette campus, mm-hmm. where before mm-hmm. we would have ended up sending those to Saginaw yeah. or somewhere else. Yeah. So now they're just down the road. Great. Where, in your system. In, in our system. Um, so that, that's been one that's of them. Value. And, and then I think the other unique thing is uh, you're talking about a system that's been put together that's been fairly progressive anyway mm-hmm. when we were by ourselves. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not too many rural systems that are running a Da Vinci robot for urology and no. they're running a Mako for orthopedics. So at one campus, we have the Mako for Mm -hmm. orthopedics, Mm -hmm. and the other campus, we have urology with the Da Vinci. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, the cancer care, uh, we just recently were able to uh, pick up a doctor who was frustrated with the the big city Mm -hmm. and said, hey, I'd like to come work in rural. That's unreal. And boom. And um, in her first day, she had 17 patients. Wow. So wow. The, the patients are there in right. the community, but they've been forced to have to go, have to go outside. outside to get it. Yeah. And now they're, they don't have to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just in the first 40 days or so. Yeah. That's exciting, isn't it? It, it really is. about what the future could look we, like. We've got some more mm-hmm. doctors that have picked up the phone and called us. Yeah. Um, totally and, different and than and it, was it is. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're having some conversations with them. And, and a lot of them are just burnout with the city life oh, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. looking for a place to come. Yeah. Yeah. And now we can have some opportunity to support them. So you mentioned the, you know, you've got the one robot and you're doing urology there. You've got, you know, in another location, yep. you're doing your ortho there. Are there other um, services where you're looking to kind of specialize at your different campuses or are you kind of trying to keep as much in each individual community as possible? Or is that all just kind of remains to be seen as you move forward? You know, part of it, I think, is it remains to be seen, but the connections are what we now have. So mm-hmm. with between the campuses, like, okay, we have the acute care. Now we have a swing bed program, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so we, we can swing patients. We have a long-term care. We have a hospice agency. Mm-hmm. We have a memory care. We have an assisted living facility. And so those linkages, the three of us together that we mm-hmm. now have, makes those linkages work, right? You have and that so complete continuum under one roof. We have that complete roof. continuum under one it's roof. Incredible. And it's it's in the same relative yeah. geography, mm-hmm. so people aren't traveling to get yeah. those services. And now you can compete with the big systems because through your partnership, you can diversify and still be part of your health system. Mm-hmm. So if I had a dream... If I had a dream, it'd be sure. the reverse. So you know how all the big hospitals are buying up the little hospitals? Yep. Mm-hmm. I would love to see these three little hospitals buy up one of the big yep. ones so, so and go I the other way. So I have a story for that. <laughs> I had, I had a, big, uh, a big shot arrive in my office from a big system. And uh, before she sat down, I said, I just want to get one thing out of the way. I am not interested in buying your hospital. And I think, you know, when you change the narrative, you catch them off guard. And, and, I, and I believe in, in what you're trying to do, truly. Um, and if, if the payers were smart, They'd be coming to you and I and saying, you do it cheaper, cheaper per unit cost. You have less overhead. You have less bureaucracy. Let's give you the better rates, Hospital, small hospital X. I think if we can upend that 
this could be pretty remarkable about what mm-hmm. could happen in our industry. And it would stop what the government should have stopped a long time ago with mergers and acquisitions, which is the fact that they are breaking the at certain levels. We know this. They're breaking the Sherman Antitrust Act and their their conglomerates coming together. Um, two big systems, not even geographically located nope. mm-hmm. with each other. That oh, Each of them own their own health plan who are coming together. And it's very concerning for me to watch that happen, to know what they're going to control. Right. And it's not popular. Trust us. We get mm-hmm. we get the hate emails, right? But this has to be spoken. That is not the answer to sustainability and rural health, mergers and acquisitions. It's not. It's not. And, right. and, and it's absolutely true what you're saying. I mean, these these guys, they're they're getting in from both ends. Mm-hmm. And that loud sucking sound you hear is is, is coming out of rural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at all, our expense. All they look at us is a transfer feeder center. That's it. System. We yeah. just want the transfers. That's all we want. It's, we don't care about you. It's just another yep. bucket of covered lives to, to yep. combine yep. for negotiating purposes. Yep. And they hate to hear it. They hate yeah. to hear it. And my colleagues and different boards, they, they don't want to think about that. But let me tell you, uh, it is exactly what we face. We have watched. Mm-hmm. Big hospital systems in our region take over smaller rural hospitals. They close their obstetrics. They close mm-hmm. their psych unit. They get rid of all the services. Pretty soon, all that money and revenue is going back to the quote-unquote mothership, and those communities suffer. Mm-hmm. And wh- what do they do it under? What what terminology do they use? Better health care? Do they use, well, you have access mm-hmm. to capital. Why did I need access to capital when you're c- closing half my campus? Right. These mm-hmm. are the things that I think we really have to, to dissuade local boards from pursuing. And there are hospitals across Michigan right now that are having discussions about M&As and selling their hospitals. I would tell them, don't do it. You will lose autonomy, but you'll right. lose healthcare services. Yeah, and, and JJ, I'll go right back to it. it. It's the egos again. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the egos get in the room and then people make decisions that are not in the best interest of their local community mm-hmm. for the sake of whatever it is they think they're going to win. That's right. And, right. It, and it's it's the wrong move. That's right. Right. I agree with you. Yep, yep. It's kind of like a um, well. It's so we also now see some of these private uh, venture capital oh, type sure. of oh, yeah. buyers sure. for these rural Those are hospitals. Yeah. Those are on their face pump and dump situations. That's what they are. Yeah. But a lot of times, the big system acquisitions end up being they that do. it's they just do. a slower process, they and they're more convincing in making everyone believe that's not what's actually happening. But Nothing, it does. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Your small community. It's all going to be fine. Until six months later. Like, Until it's why, not. What's happening here? Right. Why are you closing this service? Why is that service eliminated? Right. And and the bottom line is, if it was better for the, the health of the community, I would support it. I would say, you know what? It makes sense. But it does not reduce cost. It does not increase quality. It doesn't. It, it, it does just the opposite in many of those cases. They control the pricing at that point of that market. Yeah, the, 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 the amount of vertical integration with these health plans owned by health systems is very concerning. Yeah. When we're talking about, oh, why is healthcare so expensive? Yeah. It's not because people are becoming independently wealthy by working in healthcare. No, no, it's, no. There, there are some true health systems out there that call themselves health systems that just happen to be insurance companies that that is that, 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 have, that, that owns a few hospitals. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely right. Hospitals. right. You're absolutely right. And until the legislation changes, which I think it should, there was a great article in Becker's yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, in which they explored the the reality that hospitals should not own health uh, insurance products. They shouldn't. They should not own uh, those companies. And I agree with that. I think that's called mm-hmm. price control. Right. But, Maybe. But, you know, we'll leave that for the attorney. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Especially when you, you know, join up to pretty large systems that are not geographically located. Yeah. That feels what? a little bit like that, too. What? You mean because they're 100 miles apart, 2,000 miles apart? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like a lot of things went very smoothly in this process that might surprise people, like the coming together of the boards. 
Um, But what have been some of the challenges as you're uniting these hospitals and these communities into one system? How have you worked to overcome the growing pains? Yeah, it's not all been just lollipops and (laughs) dandelions and flowers. So, Angie, you want to take this one? Yeah. So, um, there's a lot of things, you know, electronic health records. So, that's a huge one and getting everybody on the same uh, systems in general, financial system, all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Change. You know, change is, everybody says that change is hard. It is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, really, I I give Andy a lot of props um, when it comes to getting the staff together from all three organizations and really from the very beginning, uh, guiding them through the process of developing a new mission, a new vision, a new Mm. set of values that Mm -hmm. this Aspire rural health system was going to go forward with and Mm -hmm. um, get that out of the way. So everyone right can get behind it. Everyone can get behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a constant. Uh, we make sure that every day we're talking about it, and uh, it's it's still hard. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of work so to be done. So if mom says no, do they run to dad? <laughs> well, so and when dad says no, do they run to mom? We we have hopefully um, is the co-parenting working right well the we did try to suggest to the board and they did that we kind of have different lines yeah so they kind of mm-hmm. divided things in, okay divided things in terms of responsibilities right. technically you guys are co-ceos correct but what does that really look like yeah well right now it works okay because uh one of us is clinical and one of us is not true right mm-hmm. and so it um it's kind of a, a good mm-hmm. balance between the two mm-hmm. right, right? Mm-hmm. yeah so that obviously presents challenges, but whenever there's an issue, you come together and say, all right, let's tackle this as, as leaders. Yeah, it's, you know, it's important for us and, to communicate, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Andy and yeah. I have to be communicating um, all the time. And whether it's a phone call, an email, a text message, just to, hey, this is going on. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I really appreciate Angie's end-of-the-day health check. She sends me like a, a health check. <laughs> well, wellness How you doing? Wellness, wellness check, check. Yeah. To make, yeah. make sure I'm still alive. Yeah, that's the nurse in you, isn't I mean, it? I am a little bit older than Angie, if you haven't noticed. So, uh, no, you know, no. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah, it, like, it's awesome. Checks on me yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, as a system, just a couple quick questions. Do you have one CMO? We do now. And so yeah. in the first... 45 days or so, we went through a very quick process to select system directors. Okay, so that and was a process. That was a process. And and that, again, when we get back to some of the difficulties, right, there can only be like one. And so yeah. you're, you're always dealing with the emotional side. Now, mm-hmm. the board was very adamant that we were not going to go in and slice and dice like the, like the systems do yeah. when you right. get purchased. And so we're, um, we haven't terminated anybody. There's a few mm-hmm. people that have said, hey, I, I don't want to do this, and that's okay. Um, but uh, those challenges are, are always hard to get mm-hmm. past. We want to get past them as quick as we can. We don't want it to linger. Yeah. Right. Um, so we have, you know, one system director of radiology okay. and one over lab and, you know, those kind of decisions. Those have all been made now. Okay. And mm-hmm. so uh, – So did you allow the process where they could apply did. for those jobs? We did. And so, I mean, that was tough, right? Because you might have a, a superstar in your place, you have a superstar in your place, and you have to make a decision. And mm-hmm. we kind of stayed out of it. Oh, you did. So yeah. uh, we really let our our direct reports make those decisions. Oh, you did. So so you uh, hi- the CNO was making clinical decisions. Yep. Okay, smart. So we made sure there was a panel, a balanced yeah. panel um, right. from 
you know, different walks of life, different yeah. campuses and things like that. And so uh, everybody had the same basically 18 questions on the interviews questions and yeah. and it was a process. So people applied and they went through that interview process and then those those folks made those selections. Yeah. And Did we that were, build some excitement? Because you have to think, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm a blank of a system. I mean, they had to be pretty exciting when they consider, or was it more of like, oh, this is scary? I think there was probably a balance. So there okay. were some people that were really excited, you know, like if, if there's an opportunity, I want it. I want yeah. to do this. Um, there's fear in that there because sure. there's a lot Unknown. of people that don't know, yeah. you know, who their their new boss is and what that looks yeah. like for them. Um, people that had been in that role for a long time. Um, so, and you've now just tripled your staff too. Yeah. So yeah. How many total employees do you guys have now? About a thousand ninety. Okay. That's significant. And so, you know, it was really neat in some ways because sometimes you just find that person that's a rock star at something, oh, yeah. right? Now they get to do that for the entire system, yeah. mm-hmm. um, not just one of our organizations. So we had that. You can take the best of each one yeah. and kind of yeah. spread it around. Well, and even that has been a little of a challenge. So we had people mm-hmm. in these small three yeah. little hospitals that did like job A, B, and C. Right. And we're oh, like, okay, right. you can only do it. We, we want you to pick A, <laughs> B, or C because you're going to do <laughs> it for the whole level, system. Right. And so they probably couldn't at okay. first, right, conceptualize that. That's been but hard. It's yeah. like, but yeah. it's like, listen, this is for your own mental stability. Yeah. Right. Because if you try to do A, B, and C at this new system, you're not going to do well. Not going to make it's it. too much. Yeah. yeah. And, and we wanted to get that done as quick as we can yeah. because people, when they deal with change, like there's all the anxiety and we want right. to put a period on it and say, okay, right. well, the team is now set. Now we're moving forward. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. in that short period of time, we we did a new strategic plan. Mm-hmm. We brought that to the board. The board said go. Yeah. We've been communicating that strategic plan out and really just running at a breakneck pace to try to get yeah. that done and put a period on it so mm-hmm. we can sure. just go forward. So I guess that, that, that will lead to the next question about, you know, individuals that are listening to this podcast are thinking we want to do the same. There's a lot of work. I mean, you've been – you were discussing this for two years prior to – Right. So two years before this actually started, when you arrived on scene, you start throwing those questions out. You start asking the tough questions. Sounds like even before then there was an association in which those questions were already being asked, but they really didn't act upon them. Right. Um, So before I get into my next question, let me ask you this. Are you thinking bigger? Are you thinking regional? Are you thinking that we could we could have a surgery center maybe or what could this look like? And I'm just curious because there's some great opportunities. Right. Yeah, um, we we have some definite opportunities Good. in mind. Uh, I'm not going to totally tip <laughs> no, the hand you can't, for those right. you can't. folks that are listening out there that are around us. Uh, yeah, you can't. Uh, Andy just promised this on Real Health Rising. No, they should be scared. That's they, what I'm exactly, tell them. just be scared. Uh, okay. yeah, just be scared. That, that's a good position. But, uh, you know, all that really stops us right now is money and time, right? Yeah, it's right. That, that question of, of money and time. Right. Um, but we, we do have some definite plans to, again, to expand and to keep that care local yeah. and instead of people having to travel. That so, would be my ultimate dream is to have that a regional rural health system. Yeah. Full I mean, continuum of care, everything from cancer services. Let's all to, work together yeah. and, and keep right. it right here and take yeah. care of our communities. The door's yes. open. Yeah. 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 So um as as someone is listening today thinking we want to do this, would it, you think it would work with um let's say what we call you know, they used to call tweeners, you know, that's yep. that's my hospital, so we're not critical access, but we're not a big system. Sure. Now we call mid-sized, mid-sized vital, vital, vital yeah. hospitals. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
would it make sense for mid-sized vital hospitals to come together? Do you think this could work on a whole different scale other than critical access? I, I do. I think it could work on really any scale. And, and again, I'm going to loop it right back to the same point. If you can get the egos out of the way, yeah. and I think most boards will look at their CEOs and say, well, what do you think? And if the CEO is adamantly trying to protect their own job, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If they can go into the mindset of, you know, okay, even if this doesn't work out and I'm not the last one standing, there's yeah. there's always another job out right. there, right? You right. talked about it before, oh, the, yeah. every day, every right? Day. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I think it can work. Mm-hmm. I think uh, mm-hmm. looking for those partnerships, and, and I also encourage people, even if you're bigger than the person that you're, you're trying to partner with, mm-hmm. don't look at it like an acquisition. If you start looking mm-hmm. at it like an acquisition- Then that's what it is. It's, it's what it is. It's yeah. going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. And so even amongst some of the people we were talking to at the table, uh, one of them started looking at it like an acquisition. And it was like, no. this isn't going to work as an acquisition. No. Right. And so you, you got to get that ego out of the way and you not do. worry about the balance sheet and who has more of this and who has less of that yeah. and how much money I got in the bank yeah. and how much money mm-hmm. you got in the bank. You want to come together truly as a partnership to make okay. it work. And and that's my best advice. So yeah. I think it can work. I just think you have to look at it in the right lens. Okay, so let's take this a step further. So someone's listening and they say, we're ready to take that step. What is the first step in this journey? You have to first identify partners, right, I would assume. But what, what are the first things that you would recommend to someone listening today that's like, all right, I'm ready to pursue this? Uh, be ready to have a hard conversation. Um, mm. I think... You know, you have to go into it looking at uh, what do you want for your community and what mm-hmm. do you want for the future. Um, and then you need to start talking about what's it going to look like. You have to know that before you go to your board. Yeah. Um, you really got to be comfortable where right. this is going to end right. up. Right. Uh, that, and almost a cheerleader for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That board, um, you know, you don't you don't necessarily know what their reaction is going to be to something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. So. You know, you have to go in there knowing this could go bad for me. It mm-hmm. could go bad, you know, as far as how it's perceived. Right. Um, so you you really want to be prepared with those uh, those questions, those mm-hmm. concerns, and a plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you partner, obviously, I think what you did that was successful is you took each other to board meetings, and you have to be joined arm in arm. You do. Right. And I think that's very, very important to this process to make it very successful. Um, And we know as CEOs that right, wrong or different, we we run the organization. The board is is really a a legislative body, if if you would call it that. Um, And they take our recommendations. And, you know, you could kill a deal. Yeah, totally. And uh, or you could sell the deal as something very powerful. For the community. And so I think what you've done has been very remarkable. And for those listening today, um, you know, if someone wanted to reach out to you, we'd love to put your information in. Absolutely. You know, please contact uh, Andy, uh, you know, Angie. One of those will be more than glad to talk to you about how that process works. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and for the low, low price of a million (laughs) dollars, we probably, per console. 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 I'm pretty sure. First class. Yeah, first First class class ticket. I'm sure we would show up and help you out. Yes, I think there it is. Yeah. There it is. And rural hospitals having that kind of money is the whole reason we're. Having yeah, this conversation, right? Right? Oh, yeah, I oh, forgot. <laughs> I, I thought maybe one of those Whoops. mid-level hospitals. How about, how about an apple pie made by uh, Mom Everett? <laughs> maybe. Okay, right. all right, maybe. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. nice. And can I ask just, you know, with the nature of my position as I think about this kind of thing, what has been your internal communication strategy? Because that is... Great question. I mean, that's half the battle because if your team is on board, then your community is much more likely to be on board. But if your team is not on board then, you know, that 
is even more of an uphill battle. So how did you, what, what was your strategy with the staff and the team at every level uh, yeah. to get that buy-in? So that was a little, a little tough. You know, when you go to do these things, you, you, you can only go so far without having governmental approvals, right? Oh, yeah. So right. you, you can't like start having meetings. You can't no. start we like got all these NDAs planning. In place, right? You got all these NDAs, mm-hmm. those yeah. kind of things. I, I think uh, we did start writing um, a weekly topic, and uh, I've done weekly topics for for years. I do this administrative topic of the week, and I would start talking about the struggle of rural health care, mm-hmm. the struggle of rural mm-hmm. health care, the why behind the struggle of rural health care, policy mm-hmm. changes that were, were dying a thousand small cuts every day, mm-hmm. um, and and trying to set that stage. But I think uh, once we were able to say we've had a letter of intent, we, we tried to be super transparent. So mm-hmm. a lot of questions, we had uh, round tables, we had session after session, we had lots of mm-hmm stuff and communications and oh, yeah. then and then you know one person would compare what I said to oh, sure. what Angie said to make sure like we both said accurate? the same thing right. Right. and uh, you know people had a lot of questions and we just had to admit to them like look guys we, we don't have all the answers all these questions you're asking us right now we we can't we don't mm-hmm. know we don't know we don't know like we're we're, we're in the, 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 the formal stage of trying to work this out but we don't know what it's going to look like right yeah. so uh, you know, my recommendation is to be as transparent as you can, but realize mm-hmm. you're kind of handcuffed to a certain degree mm-hmm. right. with what you can really say. But, but you but, kind of then take them on the journey with you, right? Instead of you do. this is all done and here's your new thing. Glad you're here. As opposed to like, this is what's happening. Ask your questions. We don't know yet. We're still figuring that out. And I, I would imagine some of the things that your staff brought up were maybe things that were not at the top of your list or not on your radar to consider. And to, to your point about preparation, right, so we took the board through training, right? Like when, when we're talking about this, mm-hmm. the board needs to know what they can say, what they can mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want the board to be on the same page. Right. So to your point, there was board education. There was things that went out to the media, social media postings, really trying to be transparent about what's happening, mm-hmm. what we can share, and almost constantly. So let me ask you this. Did did you create employee forums at all to, you know, I think that would be a success, right? I mean, in communicating that information. What did that look like? So um, it was it was fun. So we have three hospitals and there's two of us. Yeah. So when we were doing town halls, you know, you don't want to go to one hospital and, and have a discussion and then drive to another hospital and have a discussion because that gets there before you do. Oh, sure it does. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of coordination going on as far as... You're going to deliver it at 10. He's delivering it at 10. You're both going to be at yeah. two spots. Yeah. And you got to... I mean, you're talking to the medical staff. You're talking oh, yeah. to multiple shifts of employees. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, community members, foundation members. So yeah. Andy and I ran a really tight schedule for a while. I'm not sure what else work we actually got done, but well, we did tough. spend a lot, sure of a lot of time on a road. Done, but it, it is but, a lot. Uh, we also had surrogates to help us out. So, you know, our chief of staff, our CFO, we sent our CFO to have one of those. So to Angie's point, we and once the NDA announcement was out, or not the NDA, but the letter of intent announcement was out, we, we had a meeting with the medical staffs and talked to them. We had a management meeting with the managers. We had town halls. We had surrogates going mm-hmm. out and, and talking on our behalf off the same mm-hmm. the, the same information, yeah. right? I, I do think we did a pretty good job with the communication because I think when the final announcement came out, it was like, 
oh yeah, we all knew this was kind of, like it, it wasn't it wasn't right. like that's this, when you know it was successful. Yeah, it wasn't the shock. No, su- no right? It was like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, we finally inked the deal, and now we're one. Uh, come get cake. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. It was like, oh, it's official. Cool. Yeah, it's official. Not like, what is this? And then when we did roll it out, you know, we we had like shirts made with all the employees, nice. and we had kind of the swag. We with are. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So you know. That's now phenomenal. together to serve you better, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I may have missed this in our preamble, but there were three and now there's only two leaders. Were there three leaders or did, was there? I was over Deckerville and Marlette. So you had both of those. I had two okay. hospitals okay. initially. Okay. Yep. I missed that piece early on. So um, obviously it would have been a lot more difficult to have three leaders at the table, yeah. right? It would have every. <laughs> so it kind of worked out every pretty good. Addition, yeah. yeah. It, as you look at this towards the future, um, Andy, I'll, I'll ask you this question. I mean, other hospitals that are in the thumb that may want to join you, um, it it may change the dynamic, right? It may change sure. the dynamic of leadership. It may change the dynamic. I would assume the name is probably going to stay the same. Name at you this know, point, obviously, gonna, that's yeah. that's true. But there's room for growth, in other absolutely, words, and an opportunity for others to join for the good of your patients. Yep. So let's let's kind of end it there with a question about what do you see from a clinical perspective? Uh, what are the good things that are coming out of this in terms of patient care? I know you talked about having access to providers, but is there better quality initiatives that you're launching? Is there collaboration with that? I just kind of want to know what does that look like for the end user for healthcare outcomes? Yeah, I think when anytime you can you know, our, our mission and our vision for our system is more powerful when we're all working for that together. And so the same thing with we can do best practices across the board, um, but just knowing that our patients are able to get that care. I know these rural patients, they're not going to drive to the city to get this no, care. No. We see that with the, the VA, um, the percentage of the, the yeah. veterans that get specialty care that live close mm-hmm. to urban areas versus the or the rural the rural areas. It's crazy. Yeah, they're coming they're to not you. gonna go. Yeah, they're coming to you. So that's um, I think the biggest thing is being able to provide that care where they are mm-hmm. because they'll actually go. Mm-hmm. They can right. get that care. Right. Um, and then we can as a system just really focus our efforts mm-hmm. and be strategic in the quality yeah. that we're providing, how we're providing it, efficiencies. Yeah. Everything. So let's transition then a question for you, Andy, as we wrap up here. Um, it's going to have a, a dramatic impact to the economic development of those respective communities. Because had you lost that hospital, so goes mm-hmm. the jobs, so right. goes the local economy. Um, have you worked with your local, you know, let's just say Chamber of Commerce, you know, the Economic Development Partnership to have those discussions at all? Or is it just pretty much like we're going to lead it because we're the largest employer? I think it's probably mostly we're just yeah, going to lead it because yeah, we're the largest yeah, and that, employer. There's nothing wrong with that yeah. by any um, means. Right. You know, I, I I like to see the traffic come into the campus. Yeah. And so I think as we're bringing traffic to the campuses, it provides an opportunity for the local communities to have businesses and people right. will stop mm-hmm. and they'll eat at the restaurant and, yes. and they'll go shopping and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah. And so, it's going to be remarkable. Um, you know, I, I think that's the, the absolute yeah, pickup. Yeah. Plus, your side. wife gets to sell the popcorn. Plus, my wife yes. gets to a dollar, sell. Is it a dollar a box? How much a, is it now? A buck a, buck a box. box. Yeah, it's a buck and that's a box. like a one person sharing. Uh, you know, uh, no, yeah, single, if, single. That's no, it's yeah. it's kind of a single. So it's a single dollar. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little dollar. high down here. To the fifty cents. You know, just throwing it out. She there. sells a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, well, is she looking for a job? No, no, she's really not. No. So lastly, just as we wrap up, you kind of mentioned the the mission and the vision of your organization that you all have to be tied into that. 
What is that vision? How do you foresee this new health system supporting your rural communities now and long into the future? Well, I think it's right in the title, right? To expand accessibility to quality rural health care as the trusted choice for patients mm-hmm. and employees. We, we already knew we were trusted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Our, our local communities trust mm-hmm. us as the local hospital. But right. being able to come together and having the resources of three yeah. hospitals, we want to expand that accessibility. And so I think that's where it goes. It, mm-hmm. it, it goes to expanding our services that we're able to provide. Mm-hmm. Remarkable journey. We're excited uh, that this podcast is going to bring some new light uh, to a discussion that really we don't hear much about, and that's how rules can come together, rule hospital, and uh, save the economic uh, conditions of their community as well as the health conditions of their community. I'm excited that this is going to be uh, broadcasted, that we have an opportunity to share your journey and your story. And you drove here three hours. Man, we got to get you back on the road soon. I've, I've been hours. wanting to see your place yeah. for some right. time. We're going so to give you the 50 cent tour, not the dollar popcorn tour. But, right. uh, <laughs> Thank it, you. It's, it's been great to have you here today. And, um, you know, it's it's remarkable journey that you've taken. Um, I applaud you. Uh, not too many people are having these discussions because it is about kingdom building. It is about, you know, I'm not going to give our autonomy up. But I think those CEOs that are worth their salt are the ones asking the question, it needs, why can't it look different? And can we create that? And, and so I applaud both of you for what you're doing. Well, JJ, I am a little disappointed you didn't ask me that last question. So on the, the first, Go ahead. the first yes. one, yes. you said you, you asked Angie like what her what her rule. <laughs> so so Andy, rule. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, you know I've been saying we're here, getting there. We're getting oh, there. It's not over there? yet. It's, it's not, not over yet. yet? Yes. It sounded like this was no, it, man. It's not it. Not no, it. No, no, we okay. kind of close before we, we close. close before we close. Oh, it was, we it kind of happened that way as exactly. an accident. We're just sticking with it. It's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. You were in REM and we didn't want to wake you up. Again, I'm a little older. It was fine. Well, you know, at 74, it's hard. Yeah. But truly, we're going to get into a fun segment in just a minute. But it's been a delight to have you on our podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And as we said in our last episode, we love to do a fun uh, segment with each of our guests. And Angie, we had a chance to ask you last time. It was great to hear about the chicken that rides a cat. Uh, listen to the episode if <laughs> you want to know what joke, I'm talking guys, about. That is not a joke, guys, if you haven't listened to the previous episode. <laughs> it is not a knock-knock Why joke. did the chicken cross, cross the cat? cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. And All now right. we've got the Bobsy twins Exactly. Here. So... Andy, I, I have been dying to ask you this uh, since your two-day journey here in Hillsdale. Uh, what what has been your most memorable rule experience or something that's unique to rural life? So I, I think for me is back in the day, and I'm not going to say when back in the day is, but back in the day, uh, I remember the guy with the horse, we took the portable x-ray out and did a portable x-ray in the parking lot. Are you kidding? Of a horse to check to see if the leg was broken. And wow. the image is still on the wall of that hospital from the get film here, back in – I'm serious. That is as rural as it gets That's right amazing. there. Is, is that right? The guy brings his horse and he's like, hey, I think I got a broken leg on the horse. Can we take the portable and, and do an x-ray? I don't think we can even top that. No, that's amazing. No. That that's is, unreal. That's incredible. And that – is still pictured today. I believe on the wall That's of incredible. Galleon Community Hospital in Galleon, Ohio, in the radiology department, there is still the picture of the horse x-ray. That's wow. so cool. <laughs> and on that note, thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest, so be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter.
I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by JJ Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com. 